1: Welcome to Tribe Talk, presented by Progressive, making it easy to bundle home and car insurance. Brought to you by Subway, the official training restaurant of the Cleveland Indians. By the University of Akron, visit areyououtthere.com.
2: Everyone, welcome to Tribe Talk. Jim Rosenhouse along with you this weekend from Progressive Field, downtown Cleveland. Great to have you with us for some baseball talk on the radio this weekend. Indians still above the 500 mark in what was a wild week with a series down in Houston that saw them drop two out of three, a 16-inning game in that series as well. And then their first walk-off win of the season Friday night in the homestand opener over the Twins. We'll have a complete recap of the week gone by on this week's show. We'll also hear from Indians reliever Brian Shaw, Tribe second baseman Jason Kipnis, and we'll have a full farm report from the Indians Director of Player Development, Carter Hawkins. That's coming your way shortly as we get rolling with Tribe Talk on the Cleveland Indians radio network. Welcome back to Tribe Talk. Jim Rosenhouse back with you from Progressive Field in downtown Cleveland where the Indians are taking on the Minnesota Twins this weekend. Then the Reds come in Monday and Tuesday nights for some interleague play, the start of a four-game series, two here in Cleveland, and then Wednesday and Thursday nights down in Cincinnati. Taking a look at the week on by, uh, we begin with Monday down in Houston, the start of just a brief three-game road swing for the Tribe, a three-game series. Against the Astros, Corey Kluber was on the mound Monday night, but did not fare well. He had a difficult time in the third inning, did not make it out of the third inning, and the Astros went on to a 7-1 win in that series opener. But the Tribe would bounce back Tuesday night behind the right arm of Trevor Bauer. Offensively, they got it going with Lonnie Chisenhall in the second inning.
1: The set by the right-hander, the pitch to Chisenhall. He rifles one to right, down the line it goes, fair ball, it'll get to the wall. Santana scores, Uribe stops at third, and Chisinau pulls up with an RBI double. And the Indians have a 2-0 lead as Lonnie Chisinau has his second double and third RBI of the season.
2: And that 2-0 lead stood up because Trevor Bauer was just outstanding getting the ball game through the seventh inning for the Indians would be
1: big if the Indians could get through the seventh without having to go to their bullpen. Bauer's pitch count, he's at 103 pitches for the night. Only 15 more strikes than balls. He delivers. A swing and a towering fly to right, playable. Lonnie Chisinau will make the catch. What a job by Trevor Bauer. He has given Terry Francona seven shutout innings. He has been outstanding, and I would think his night is done, and what a night. 2-0 Indians lead the Strohs going to the 8th. Then in the 8th inning, some insurance runs for the Tribe. First, thanks to Francisco Lindor. One out, an 0-2 count, Tribe up two. The pitch is swung on, a bouncing ball up the middle, into center field, a seeing-eye single. That'll score Kipnis and make it 3-0 Indians. So, the worst struck ball of the night for Frankie Lindor results in a bouncing ball between short and second and into center field. And that might
2: Napoli put the finishing touches on things offensively for the Indians.
1: Runner fakes going. Pitch to Napoli, and he drives one to left. This is off the scoreboard. Ball ricochets away from Rasmus back toward the infield. Lindor hits third. He'll try to score. Rasmus' throw to the plate is cut off. Now the throw by Valbuena to the second baseman. He runs Napoli to third, and El Tuve tags out Napoli. But give Mike Napoli an RBI double to make it a 4-0 game. Napoli hit it off the scoreboard. Off the wall in left field, and that ball ricocheted away from the left fielder Rasmus back toward the infield, and that enabled Lindor to score from first on a double to
2: left. Cody Allen came on in a non-save situation to finish things up in
1: what turned out to be a shutout win for the Tribe. Allen pumps and fires. Curveball hit on the ground toward second. Kipnis to second one. Lindor relay. Got him. Double play. Ball game. And the Indians have evened the series by posting a 4 nothing shutout. Tremendous pitching tonight, needless to say. But the, the real tone setter was Trevor Bauer pitching from behind a lot in the early innings. And you wondered if it was a precursor of things to come. Well, he settled in. He got better as the game went on. And Trevor Bauer gave the Indians seven superb innings. After the game, Jason Kipnis stopped by.
2: He had a two-hit night, and uh, things were starting to look up a little bit for Kipnis at the plate.
1: Kip, did you find something tonight?
3: I did. Um, You know what? I came early to the ballpark. I had a skippy pee because (laughs) I took a little too many swings almost before (laughs) the game. Um, But just early hitting and in the cage, I just stayed through the ball and worked the other way the whole time. I know everyone knows I go better when I go the other way, but it's always easier said than done, and... um, we found some good swings today, and hopefully it carries over for a little while. Then it was on to
2: Wednesday, a tough one for the Tribe, a game that would go 16 innings, only to see Houston win the ball game 5-3. to How did it get there? Well, the Indians, that game could have gone the other way in regulation, but Carlos Santana came up with a big base hit for the Tribe in the ninth
1: inning that tied the game. The set, the right-handers' next pitch, and Santana... Swings and lines a base hit up the alley in right center. It'll get down and go all the way to the wall. Napoli scores. Santana around second on his way to third. He's in with a head first slide and a triple. And the Indians have handed Luke Gregerson his first blown save since last August. And Santana, who has struggled in the clutch, has come through. In a big way.
2: But again, it would go 16 innings, and Marwin Gonzalez hit a two-run home run that would win it for Houston in the 16th. Thursday, a much-needed off day after the teams played or the Indians played 16 innings on Wednesday, and they opened up their homestand on Friday night with a thriller against the Minnesota Twins, trailing 2-0 in the bottom half of the second inning. Jan Gomes, who had been struggling at the plate, came through. Now the set. Now,
1: the pitch. Swung in and belted to deep left. Away, way back and gone. Jan Gomes with a no doubt about it. Game tying. Two run bomb to the porch and left. That's how you break out of an 0 for 20 skid. Home run number four for Gomes. He has 15 RBIs. Then in the third, Jason Kipnis continued the home run onslaught. Now the 0-1 pitch. Swung on, hit in the air, deep center. Santana racing back, looking up. It's gone. Jason Kipnis hits his fourth home run. A solo shot to center. I tell you, folks, it's 62 degrees. It's not 92, but the ball is carrying like it's a hot, humid night in Cleveland. Kipnis has hit the fifth home run in this game, and the Indians are down 4-3. to three. So on Dollar Dog night, home run derby to boot.
2: So 4-3 ball game, Minnesota in front. And the Twins were at the plate in the top half of the fourth when Francisco Lindor made his nightly great play. The 2-2. Swung on. There's a tapper slowly hit to short. Bare hand grab. Lindor throws to first. Got him at first base. A slow roller, speedy base runner. Only way Lindor could do it, charging in, was a bare hand pickup. And he picked it clean and threw a bullet to first base to retire Santana. Still trailing by a run in the sixth inning, Marlon Byrd came up big.
1: Byrd swings and drives one to deep right. Sano is going back. He reaches up. He made a great catch on the track. Tagging and scoring the tying run is Lindor. Tagging and going to third is Napoli. Staying at first is Ramirez. I'll tell you what, Miguel Sano, not noted for his glove work in right field, made a terrific running catch on the warning track in deep right center on a dead sprint. So good at bat for Marlon Bird. He ties the game at four, his 10th RBI of the year.
2: Then in the eighth, Tribe trailing by a run. Bases loaded. Zach McAllister came on and got out of a huge jam. He's ready. He
1: delivers. Swing and a miss. He went back to the heat. 97 miles per hour, and he strikes out Suzuki, and that'll end it. What a job by McAllister. Bases loaded, one down, and he gets a couple of strikeouts. And the Indians stay
2: in the hunt. And that set the stage for the bottom of the eighth inning. Marlon Byrd
1: came up with the go-ahead runs on base. Beautiful night in Cleveland. Close to 18,000 looking on the 1-2 delivery. Swung on, hit pretty well to center. Santana racing back on the track. It's over his head. Hits on the track. Bangs up against the wall. Lindor scores. Ramirez is right behind him. The Indians lead it. Bird gets the double. They were like a Olympic relay team. Ramirez trying to get the baton from Lindor. And Bird with a mammoth hit. A two-run double to dead center over the head of Santana. And the Indians caught a break because that ball hit the warning track. Ricocheted up against the 19-foot wall and didn't jump over the 9-foot wall. And now a pinch runner Tyler Naquin to run for Marlon Byrd, who's getting mobbed in the dugout.
2: And later on in the inning, Juan Uribe would come up with what would prove to be a huge RBI
1: base hit. The second pitch. Swung on, looping liner, right field, base hit. Naquin will try to score. Sano comes up throwing, and he throws it towards the Indians' dugout. Naquin will score, and the second base goes Uribe. That'll be an RBI single and a throwing error on Sano. And the Indians have a 7-5 lead. And the old graybeards coming through in the eighth inning in Marlon Byrd and Juan Uribe. And that's why Chris Antonetti went out to fortify this club with some veteran presence and some veteran hitters.
2: It wasn't easy, but Cody Allen nailed it down for the save.
1: Pretty good lead from Astrione at first. Two and two the count on Park, two down. Indians with a one-run lead. Allen's pitch, runner goes, pitch, swung on and missed. Ball game. Cody Alec came back with a fastball, and he strikes out Byung Ho Park. Be still, my beating heart. The Indians get one of those elusive late-inning wins. And for the Indians, it's their first last-at-bat win of the season.
2: After the game, Jan Gomes stopped by to talk about a very satisfying
1: Tribe win. Jan, do you feel like you were in a heavyweight fight tonight with guys (laughs) just... Knocking each other back and forth. I
4: mean, that's not the kind of game that you want to play, but uh I guess for the fans it makes it exciting. For us, it makes it a nail biter. <laughs> but uh, glad we came out on top.
2: And, and Jan, early on, a home run for yourself. And I know it's been a, a battle for you of late, uh, Do you feel like some certain things may be starting to, to come back where you need to be?
4: Uh, you know, as rough as it's been, you know, it's been probably the most frustrating 100 at bats of. I'm hopefully ever gonna have, but uh, you know, haven't really hit the penny button. I know you look up, and it's not really that exciting to look up there. But uh, you know, I've I've actually felt pretty good at the plate. You know, it's just one of those things that you know you can't you can't stress over too much, and you just got to keep uh, keep try to win ball games. And when uh, when those things happen, good things are gonna happen.
1: Yeah, and this club this club has been so close a number of times this year where you've come back and maybe tied a ball game in the last at-bat, but then lost in extra innings. Or, and you know, you've been there. How big is it to finally win one of these games? Is that something that can suddenly maybe have a, a snowball kind of avalanche effect when you start winning games late?
4: Uh, yeah, I think so. There's nothing, there's nothing worse than losing one-run ball games, especially, like you said, on the last inning. You know, we battle, battle, and then we lose it in the last inning. There's nothing worse than that, and uh, but again, there's usually nothing more exciting than winning, winning <laughs> you know, on the winning side of the one-run ball games. You know, especially a team like the Twins, they they sure battle till the end, man. I know, uh, you know, maybe their their record won't show right now, but that's a good ball club. They're uh, they're not usually a they're not a team to mess around with.
1: I bet on a night like tonight, catchers go home and collapse.
4: <laughs> I think it's a night like two nights ago. <laughs> <laughs> I think tonight we're celebrating.
1: <laughs> yeah, and thanks so much. Great job tonight. Yeah,
4: absolutely, Thanks for having me.
2: So the Indians, with that victory on Friday night, find themselves two games over the 500 mark heading into the weekend, a late Saturday afternoon game against the Twins, and then Sunday afternoon to wrap up the series with Minnesota, a 110 first pitch on Sunday before the Reds come to town Monday and Tuesday nights. Stay with us when we come back. It's the weekly farm report with Indians Director of Player Development Carter Hawkins. That's next after this on the Indians Radio Network. Welcome back to Tribe Talk. Jim Rosenhouse back with you from Progressive Field in downtown Cleveland. Indians and Twins in a three-game weekend series currently ongoing. And then the Reds come to town to wrap up this brief five-game homestand for the Indians before they head out on the road for a three-city road swing starting on Wednesday night. Each week, we visit with Carter Hawkins. He's the Indians' director of player development, the weekly farm report. And this week, we focus on a red-hot AA Akron ball club, pitching well, hitting well, and we'll get some updates on some key players, starting with pitcher Sean Moramundo, who won his sixth game of the season earlier this week. And Carter talked about the great progress that Moramundo is making at the Double-A level.
5: Yeah, he's really been great. I mean, Sean's that that kid that every single season he's probably the youngest guy on his pitching staff. And, and despite that, he's is, is always been a guy that's uh, been very mature, been a leader. Um, you know, certainly doesn't act like uh, he's one of the younger pitchers and um, has led, you know, this action, pitching staff along with some other, you know, quasi veterans that we have. But, you know, overall, he, he has just been. Uh, a, a pleasure to be around. His fastball velocity has continued to, to increase over the years. His command and consistency is beginning to increase. His breaking ball is a pitch that has a lot of effectiveness against left-handed hitters. And, you know, hopefully, as he puts all those things together here, um, you know, he'll he'll have, have built that foundation to let him compete in the major leagues here in the near future.
2: And was it a challenge for him to go back to Double A this season to start?
5: I think those guys, you know, the the Mormondos, the, the Pluckos, um, they understand that you know our starting pitching depth, knock on wood, has is, is been you know, really good uh, over the last year or two, and the guys in AAA right now, you know Clevenger, Merritt, House, you know all of those guys, uh, you know, have been there for a little bit, and you know obviously our, our major league rotation is what it is, so you know, they look at it as you know, hey, we're just happy to be part of this major league depth. We understand that you know just because I'm in AA doesn't mean I'm behind someone in AAA, and are making the most of their opportunities. So they have a really good you know, feel for it, and Tony Arnold, our pitching coach there, and Steve Carson, our pitching coach at AAA, and our coordinators, and you know, all really you know, continue to preach that message to where, hey, just focus on what you can do and you know, don't focus on what jersey you're wearing necessarily.
2: Carter Hawkins joining us, the Indians director of player development. We switch to the position player side, and of course everyone wants to know about Bradley Zimmer and Clint Frazier. Uh, Zimmer, man, every time you look up, there, there's a home run here, a home run there, some stolen bases. Still putting together that that great all-around game as he continues to refine things in the minor leagues.
5: Yeah, he really has. I mean, especially the last you know week, he's hit home runs in, in three straight games, and has been taking walks and hitting balls the other way, and you know really just solidifying an approach as you know guys start to pitch him really difficult. You know, Clint Frazier, Brad Zimmer is not just anyone to know about. Him. You know, the other organizations know about him as well, and. They're certainly trying to uh to pitch around those guys or or really expose, you know, any weaknesses that that they might have identified and um it's about making those adjustments to those adjustments that the rest of the league has made. And it's really encouraging to see him uh continue to improve over the course of this early season and you know, absolutely has has you know kept his name well on the map and defensively has continued to improve and running the bases as well. You know, he has thirteen stolen bases already this year and he's been aggressive there too, so it's been great to see him healthy. You know, he had that little foot issue at the, at the end of the season last year and heading into the offseason, and, um, you know, he's really, uh, you know, hasn't really missed a beat, um, and, and it's been great to have him and, and have him and Clint uh, in the same lineup, too. It's been pretty exciting.
2: And how about Clint Frazier? How has he been progressing?
5: Very, very strong as well. You know, I mean, I think the fact that he has Brad in that lineup really helps him. You know, it, it gives him, uh, to, or I guess I should say it takes a little bit of pressure off of both of them. Uh, where neither of them really has to carry the lineup. And um, Clint, you know, obviously a little bit younger, um, but at the same time, very mature in his games, played a lot of baseball, was really eager to learn, um, really eager to improve, and you know, just taking in as much information as he possibly can. When uh, Michael Brantley was, was doing our rehab uh, down in Akron, Clint was, you know, just, just right on his ear, you know, just trying to, to get any information he could about playing outfield about approaches at the plate and you know that's that's awesome for us to be able to see you know a young player you know have that eagerness and understand that he doesn't have it all figured out um but but he's really been impressive as well and things uh it's it's pretty cool to have both of those guys you know in one place and get to watch them both every time you go down to akron
2: a couple of other position players wanted to touch on nelson rodriguez uh, raw power uh, how's that translating at the double a level so far
5: so far, so great, actually. you know, Nelson was a guy that over the last few years has had a, a tough April, um, You know, just had a little bit of difficulty transitioning to some new levels, and just really worked his tail off this off season, was out in Arizona in December and January, um, had a lot of experience in Major League camp this year, um, wasn't a member of the Major League spring training, but had a lot of the bats in the Major League games, and I think that really helped prepare him and, and build the foundation to, to be able to compete really, really well here in Akron, and this April, he's been great. He has eight home runs already. He's, he's just getting better. Um, his defense has, has been you know, pretty impressive over there for a big guy. His feet move well, and you know, just really excited to have him there for sure.
2: And Bryson Miles has has kept his name on the radar, so to speak. What's he been doing to, to stay in the mix?
5: Yeah, Bryson's another one of those outfielders that, you know, when you have the names like Zimmer and Frazier, it, it can get lost in the shuffle a little bit, and, and there's some some really solid players that are gonna impact the major league level at some point that you know, might not get their name mentioned in baseball America, you know, might might not be the, the guys that, that we're talking about every night. But Bryson has quietly gone about his business and continued to improve every year. You know, he's repeating the level. He's you know, he's almost twenty seven years old, but he's playing like a guy that that, you know, is just got his hair on fire and wants to achieve that dream of, of being a major leaguer. So offensively he's he's always been a solid uh, steady presence in that lineup and um, swinging the bat really, really well there. Defensively this is where he's going to have to make his strides, and he's working really, really hard to do that. You know, to have the reads and the routes and the arm strength, the decision-making process out there to where, you know, when Tito or Millsy, you know, need an outfielder up in the big league level, they can trust that, that he's going to be that guy. So he's working really hard there, continues to improve on his offense as well, and um, you know, just a, a really stabilizing force in that lineup of of some young players, Um, to have a guy like Bryson that that really gets it uh, and works as hard as he works is is a huge, huge boon for the organization. And we'll
2: finish behind the plate. Jeremy Lucas, who we saw in Major League Camp for a little while, he won the fitness test at the beginning of spring training in a major upset. Uh, But he has has parlayed uh, some nice time in Major League Camp in the spring into what sounds like a real nice start to his season at Double A
5: he really turned some heads you know like you said on that that fitness test so you know, he wasn't a, a member of major league camp until about 12 hours before that fitness test uh tony walters got claimed by the by the rockies and we needed another catcher and we called him up and, and he was you know in the area and he came over to Goodyear, and literally uh that day pretty much ran in that fitness test and and beat the the tar out of everybody in the organization basically and it really turned some heads and he's you know, turn those heads even more. Uh, you know, with this early season start in Akron, um, he's had some hip issues in the past that you know, limited him limited him a little bit, and, and it seems like he's really passed those. Obviously, it's uh, shown up in the in the stats that he's you know really swinging the bat well. He's got a 960 OPS. He's hit several home runs. He's catching really well. So, um, you know, it's, it's been great to see him take advantage of those opportunity opportunities he's been given and and really you know put his name on the map as well.
2: All right, Carter, great stuff from AA Akron. Thanks for the update. We'll catch up with you again next week.
5: Appreciate it, Rosie. You have a great one.
2: That's Carter Hawkins, the Indians director of player development, talking about a powerful AA Akron ball club with a lot of nice pieces going to work on a nightly basis down in Akron for the rubber ducks. Well, stay with us. We'll come back and we'll hear from Indians reliever Brian Shaw. That's next on the Indians Radio Network. Welcome back to Tribe Talk. Jim Rosenhouse back with you from Progressive Field in downtown Cleveland. Well, the bullpen has been and will be a key for the Tribe as it is for any team with playoff aspirations. They've had some ups and downs early in the season, particularly at the back end where the – Always reliable, Brian Shaw and Cody Allen have been mainstays for the Indians for the past couple of seasons. They've both gone through their struggles in April, which has happened in the past as well, but things starting to click in nicely in the month of May for both. And for Shaw, until Friday night, he had gone eight consecutive appearances without allowing a run. We had a chance to catch up with him earlier in the week and talk about his recent success. We talk about a lot. You come in and you get the double play, and then come back out. In your situation, how much of a challenge is that when when you do sit down and come back out to start another inning? Because it doesn't happen that often for you.
0: Yeah, you know, uh, you know, it's something that you know when I first got over here in thirteen and even fourteen, you know, I did a lot more than I had done when I was in Arizona. Um, so I think that kind of got me a little more used to it uh, now than I was previously. Um, so you know, it's it's one of those things that you know. Any one of us may do it at a given time. You know, Cody has done it a bunch last year. You know, uh, you know anybody else in the pen, like I said, you know, has done it. So you know, it's just one of those things that we have to do. And you know, you get prepared for it as much as you can. Um, you know, spring training. You know, you may have an outing where we come in, sit down, go back out for a hitter or two, just to just to get the feeling of that. And then you know, obviously, we're ready to go. And we've talked about it
2: with a lot of the pitchers. The the infield defense has been rock solid, and you get the double play ground ball yesterday. Does it impact in any way the the way you're you're pitching when you know that they're going to turn balls in play into outs more often
0: than not? Now, oh, absolutely. You know, you I know, mean, we we have a good defense behind us. You know, all the guys out there. You know, we know that they can make the, you know uh, make the plays. Uh, you know, any given day. You know, Kip made the play a couple days ago for me. You know, that diving play up the middle that you know kept a uh, kept a runner off the base. You know, so. You know, whether it's that or, you know, like Frankie, Frankie's play uh, in McCAllister inning, you know, knowing to come up with that ball and go home with it. Um, you know, any of the guys out there, you know, they make good plays, uh, good plays behind us. You know, so we, you know, we come in, you know, we get ground ball and we're assuming it's an out. You know, that's just the, that's just the way our defense is. Ryan Shaw joining us, Tribe
2: Reliever, and uh, things really falling into place for you. But uh, even when, when the results weren't there early, uh, Terry Francona, Mickey Callaway, both said your stuff was excellent.
0: So what is that fine line? between getting the good results and then struggling from time to time uh, I think early on it was a uh, for me it was pitch selection uh, you know shaking off yawn, throwing throwing stuff that uh, you know I thought was right not really executing the pitches um, you know getting behind in the counts not attacking guys you know pretty much a culmination of a lot of different things that uh, were going wrong went wrong which resulted in obviously you know hits and more hits and more hits uh, you know as of lately uh, you know listen to you a lot more you know attacking guys you know first pitch strikes you know all that kind of stuff plays a factor in that so you know it's 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 we're on like you said you know we're on a roll the team's on a roll you know so it's a lot of fun right now
2: because of where you are in your career now in terms of time spent in the major leagues knowing what it takes to, to make those adjustments a, a little bit different now than maybe it would have been your first or, or even second year in the major leagues trying to make adjustments on the fly
0: uh, yeah absolutely you know I think early on you know the younger you are you know you don't have that much experience um, you know with, with some of those kind of struggles maybe so you kind of rely more on the coaches you know and fellow teammates that so they to try to help you and you know tell you hey, you're doing this wrong or this looks off or this you know this may be an issue uh, versus the more time you spend you go through those those woes you know and you listen to people early on and to to know later on in your career that this is what feels wrong. This is what I'm doing wrong. And to know yourself that it's doing it uh, is definitely, definitely a bonus.
2: And sometimes outside influences come into play. Is it a coincidence that since the great wedding ring caper in Detroit a couple of weeks ago that, that you've just been on fire and, and lights out in
0: terms of your performance? I think it's just a coincidence. You know, it's 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 one of those things, you know, like we talked about, you know, it's over with. You know, I'm not worried about it. Uh, you know, it's 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 done. I'm good. <laughs> But there may be some uh, advertising deals coming your way at some point. Yeah, you know, you never know. You know, we got a couple of, uh, they sent me a couple of shirts and rings and extra stuff for me and my wife. So it's all, I'll wear them, you know, all the time. So, you know, the, I'll rep it as much as I can.
2: <laughs> all right, Brian, good stuff. Thank you. Thank you for
0: having me. That's Brian Shaw, Indians
2: reliever, talking about some of the things that have clicked in for him in the month of May. Stay with us. When we come back, we'll we'll have an interesting interview with Jason Kipnis, the Indian second baseman who is on a pretty good hot stretch now this week at the plate. And he always has some, some real honest commentary about the state of the team and what it needs to do to get where it would like to be. And when we come back, we'll hear from Jason Kipnis as we close out this week's edition of Tribe Talk right here on the Indians Radio Network. Welcome back to Tribe Talk. Jim Rosenhouse along with you from Progressive Field in downtown Cleveland where the Indians are taking on the Twins this weekend. Suddenly a red-hot hitter for the Tribe is Jason Kipnis who had a five-hit game earlier this week against the Houston Astros and in general this week has caught fire at the plate. And it's no accident. He went to work in the cage and on the field in Houston Uh, during that road swing against the Astros and uh, discovered some things that were missing uh, that he really needed to get back to, and it seems to have helped right away. And when we had a chance to catch up with Jason on Friday and and talk about the ball club, we began by talking about his hot stretch of the plate and some of the changes that he needed to make and and how they they clicked in rather quickly after some work in the cage prior to one of the games in Houston.
3: It's always nice to see... uh... Instant grat- like gratification from the work you're putting in. Um, it doesn't happen often this game. This game is just a lot more about the process than the results to the players. Even though all we want is the results, um, but you gotta trust the process. And when you see fast results like that, it's always nice and it lets you know you're on the right path. And it, maybe it seems obvious as to when you need to really start looking at some things,
2: but uh, for you. How do you find it, what you're looking for, and and when do you decide, hey, I I need to make some changes here?
3: Uh, It's tough because you don't want to wait until you're in a slump to start making some changes. You want to stay ahead of the curve and always be working on things. Um, You find it from your past successes, from when you were going good, you take notes, kind of what you're feeling right at the moment, and you look back on those notes, and maybe you, you might have taken five to seven notes, but only one of them will be what triggers the of that past swing or past feeling that gets you going again so it's just little things that you write down or remember for when you're going well you have the good game Wednesday but a, a tough
2: game for the team and I know this is, is a game of short memory all that kind of, kind of stuff how does this team put that behind them right away and, and get back on the beat
3: you know what I think the off day helped us it will give us a chance to put that behind us real fast uh guys retired um obviously a lot more tired of losing that 16 inning game than winning it but uh I might have been the only guy who wanted it to keep going right there, to be honest. And uh, it's, 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 Everyone was ready for the off day, even more so after a 16-in game. So guys were able to get away from the game, get away from uh, overthinking or trying to work on things. They can just go home and enjoy some time away from the field and came back with uh, some new energy today. I guarantee it's already behind everybody. Jason Kipnis joining
2: us, Tribe second baseman. You always have a good feel for, for what's going on with the ball club. And the team's off to a start where you're a little bit over 500. What do you see that, that may be holding the team back from really uh, taking a step forward here?
3: Uh, you know what? I, it's we're, we're in a better position than we have been in years past, uh, but we're almost kind of falling into some bad things that we've done in the year past, or not bad things, some unfortunate things, rather, where we've only had one or two guys going maybe a night. Um, you see guys, teams get on some really good stretches when they have maybe three to four to five hitters going well and can put up a lot of runs. Um pitching staff's done a good job. I'm not going to comment anything on them. They've been doing more than part, holding that team to until the last inning. Three runs through 15 innings. Yeah, that's on the offense then to have scored more than three runs. So that was on us. And um, it's just, you, you just want to get a couple guys going right at the same time because we've been playing better defense. We've been still hitting and scoring runs better than we have, but we want to be coming up with uh, the big hits and cutting down on strikeouts and runners in scoring positions always key.
2: And you open a series with the Twins tonight, and obviously they've had a, an awful start to their year, but at times the Indians have had trouble with Minnesota. Is that just the way the division can be sometimes when you, you play teams 19 times a season that, that sometimes one team can have another team's number or something along those lines?
3: It always seems to work out that way. Um, that's why you play it in between the lines and not on paper. Um, it's still a major league team over there. You can't just roll it out there and expect to win. Um, you can fall into a little lackadaisical goal feeling when you see a team with a bad record showing up you might be like okay well we should be we should win these games but uh, should doesn't play the game that's why uh, we go out there and we've lost if that's the way we're going to approach games where just because they have a bad record that we're supposed to be winning these games you're never going to win too many games so um, we got three here two versus Cincinnati or four versus Cincinnati after that Uh, and I know their record is not that great so far they didn't get off to a great start but It's going to be coming to the ballpark and like it's a Detroit, like it's a St. Louis, like it's a really good team with a good record, and treating that way and making sure that we're not just showing up because they, on paper, they're a worse team than us.
2: And you talk about that kind of thing, and I know you've taken more of a leadership role with this ball club as you've gotten older. Uh, some good veterans though, brought in, and about a month and a half into the season, what have you seen from the Mike Napoli's and, and Rajay Davis, his, uh, players like that who have, have helped? They've been great for
3: us, um, and it goes beyond the numbers on the field. Uh, it goes into the locker rooms, Jabba Chamberlain, the same way. He's very professional in uh, the way he comes to the field and gets his work done. Um, Nap sets the tone for a lot of guys. Um, he He's a fun guy to be around, but he's, he's fun when he's in the way that he's always about his business he's always about getting better he's very organized and uh, meticulous about what he wants to do with the field and when he wants to do it he's always a hunt time very good time manager so it's really helped me being next to him because that's always something i've struggled with is time management so if i see him getting to go ready to go to the cage then i'm like oh crap i need to start getting ready to go to the cage i'm gonna try to follow him and tail him along but these guys they're professionals they've been around the game there's a lot less worry about what other people in the team are doing because you know a lot of them are taking care of their own stuff. Thank you
2: for your time management for this interview.
3: <laughs> it, was, it was tough to book me but I appreciate the, the flexibility on your part.
2: That's Jason Kipnis, Indian second baseman and uh, really a, a, a good feel for the heartbeat of this ball club as uh, he has become a leader on this team and, and really one of the the core veterans of this ball club. He's been here a while now as He's become an established major league player and has a pretty good idea of what makes this team tick and always interesting to check in with Jason on uh, what's been going on with the ball club and where they'd like to get to. Well, that's going to do it for this week's edition of Tribe Talk. Great to have you with us this week. Next weekend, we'll join you from Fenway Park in Boston as the Indians will be in the throes of a tough road trip. They're taking on... Some good ball clubs on this next road trip they will play Cincinnati early on and the Reds are off to a slow start but then it's Boston which uh, heading into play over the weekend was tied with Baltimore for first place in the American League East with a solid record well over five hundred and then next uh, early next week at the tail end of that road trip it's the Chicago White Sox who have the best record in the American League so some uh, big stuff coming up on the next road swing for the tribe and we'll join you. From the road, Fenway Park in Boston for next week's edition of Tribe Talk. Until then, this is Jim Rosenhouse reminding you that you've been
1: listening to Tribe Talk on the Cleveland Indians radio network. It's swung and banged up the middle, Lindor, diving stop behind second, gets up, throws, he got him again! Another sensational play by the kid, Francisco Lindor! to Tribe Talk, presented by Progressive, making it easy to bundle home and car insurance. Brought to you by Subway, the official training restaurant of the Cleveland Indians. By the University of Akron, visit areyououtthere.com.